This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Joining me live now here at Stowe Stadium, the host site of the 2021 Boys 16s and 18s National Championship, is the queen of all things Kalamazoo. If you're going to come to this city, you're going to kiss the ring. Of course, I'm referring to the greatest of all time. You know her work from the Zoo Tennis blog. You know her work from TennisRecruiting.net. I know her as my friend Colette Lewis. Colette, it is great to get to do this in person. Yeah. How have you enjoyed, we'll call it the Super Bowl of the junior calendar? Uh, <laughs> as we sit here with uh, puddles all around <laughs> us, and um, I think five out of six days we've had some some sort of rain delay. Uh, it's been challenging, but yeah. no, it's it's totally great to be back here. Everybody missed it so much last year, so to to be out here again with um, all of the private coaches, all of the parents, all of the. Uh, college coaches again. It's just, everybody's just ecstatic about being able to be out watching live junior tennis. Again. It reminded me so much of Orlando, just being down there for NCAA's, yeah. and all those coaches were so happy to see one another and get to interact with one another. And right. that those feelings, they're still in a honeymoon phase where it's like, oh, we're still friends right now because <laughs> we haven't gotten to see each other in so long. And you know, people are swapping stories. They're talking about NIL. They're talking about the impact of this extra three grades of you know the extra year for these three remaining classes and how that impacts their financials uh, in terms of the scholarships they're giving out moving forward. It's just a fun time to be here on the grounds, yeah. but perhaps most fun above all of that. And I know if I don't ask this at the top, I will get yelled at because as you know, I'm driving from my parents' house each and every day <laughs> to this site. You got to try my mother's brownies. What are they? I'm going to ask you to put on your brownie review hat Scale of one to ten, what are we talking here? Oh no, they're they're definitely a nine, I say, <laughs> nine and a half. No, they're they were. I only had one. Okay, yeah. but small sample size. But I intend to try quite a few more. Yeah, so excellent. yes, they're very very good. Thank uh, you so much. No, that is our way. My mom's way of saying thank you for putting up with all of my nonsense all week long. And you know, again, to be here on the ground to get to watch the tennis, it's so exciting. So with that in mind, let's start there and let's start with the boys eighteen singles action and just to. Reminder, although I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of this fact right now, these national championships are the Super Bowl of the U.S. junior calendar. The winner of the 18s gets a main draw wild card, as Colette mentioned. We are recording this on Wednesday amidst a th- not just a rain delay. We're talking thunderstorms. We're talking there was wind everywhere. There was lightning. I saw one coach just completely drenched. I won't call him out. It was the Columbia coaches. Uh, they're just completely caught up in the storm. How he was moving, let me say that, but nevertheless. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, you know, again, uh, because of it, there is a U.S. Open wild card on the line, they don't play the 18s main draw indoors. And I kind of love that fact. I, I love that intricacy. It shows you how much they care about this event. But, of course, traditionally, Kalamazoo has been a launching point for so many of the great young juniors over the years. And, you know, in particular, if you're talking 21st century, Donald Young won this title back-to-back. He immediately found success on the Pro Tour. Jack Sock, back-to-back, same deal. 
It's a little bit of a different year. Let's start big picture when we look at this 18s draw. We talked about it in our preview. You know, Svide is still alive. He's a past champion here. You've got Ben Shelton. He has been the hot name on everyone's mouths. He's played so well coming back from a national championship season at the University of Florida. Some other names in the mix as well. What have your thoughts been on this field as we, you know, approach round of 16 day here? Yeah, it's it's been kind of interesting. Um, there have been upsets. Of course, we saw one yesterday with uh, Martin Dahm losing and then showing up to play the, the back draw, which was um, refreshing, Respect. I guess, is, uh, is the word that we, we would use here in Kalamazoo <laughs> because yeah. we have a back draw flu epidemic every <laughs> single year. That was year. the original pandemic, actually. I don't know <laughs> yes. if people know that. <laughs> um, and, and so good for him for playing. Um, but we have had upsets, and, and so it's a little bit difficult to, to, to really say that, uh, oh, there's clearly, you know, a certain number of players that, that have a chance to win this. Um, but, you know, right now, Zvida and Shelton are looking, you know, very, very good. And then someone, I did not watch much of uh, Samir Banerjee's match yesterday, but I under, he won love and love over Qu- Quinn Bandon Castile, who's a very good player, so... We know now what Samir yeah. can do after he what he did at Wimbledon uh, when when he's hitting the ball right when it's in his strike zone whatever um, he's pretty much unplayable so he didn't have a, a good first two uh, rounds but now that he's comfortable I I would definitely say watch out for him as the number five seed mm-hmm. I would say there were four names coming into this event and talking to coaches particularly when I first got here prior to two seed Martin Dom's upset he was knocked out of this tournament uh, yesterday. Uh, prior to that, there were four names really everyone was talking about. It was Svida, it was Shelton, it was Dom, and it was Banerjee. We'll get to the Dom upset momentarily. I do want to start with Samir Banerjee because I feel like an idiot. Not the first time or the last time I'll say that, but I just assume if you win Junior Wimbledon, you've got a massive serve that you're going to be 6'3 to 6'5, and like, you know, a lot of the American prospects nowadays are about 6'3 yeah. to 6'5. I show up to see Samir play in person for the first time. You know, I like to body these people up. I'm in my tennis shoes here at Kalamazoo. I was like, this is a normal kid. This is a guy, like, I mean, he's going to get taller. He's, you know, over six feet, certainly approaching that six two, six three range. But skinny kid, no overwhelming power. And yet you, I must have come for the right day yesterday because in his right. 0-0 performance, he didn't just win. He dominated. Right, right. And, and, and to be honest, we haven't seen a lot of that prior to Wimbledon. But yeah. I saw it when, when I watched a lot of the closed circuit matches that I was able to see. Um, he, you know, he was just playing lights out tennis. And, and as a 17-year-old who, who is just... I mean, he's been at the at the top of the um, ITF rankings now for for most of this year. So so it's not like he's um, you know a total shock or anything. But seventeen year olds, um, even those of that kind of quality, still have up and downs. A lot of them. So um, yeah, and I think he, his first two matches they look relatively easy. But I watched some of them, and he did not play anywhere near the level that he was showing at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. But as I said, if, if he's comfortable on these courts now and how they're playing and and so forth, um, yeah, he's going to be dangerous. One of my favorite terms is tennis chameleon. It feels like he's got a little bit of that in him. The better the opponent, the better he plays, the worse the opponent. Sometimes it tails off a little bit, but Quinn, is Quinn already at Oregon? Is he going to Oregon? He, I, I believe he's already. He yeah, I think he just a did a semester, and that's. Right. I was surprised, like oh and oh, over a kid who played his freshman year, and that was one of the other takeaways for me. And we've talked about this off mic. 
it kind of feels like a younger field this year, particularly given we didn't see 2020. And so there were a group of kids that aged out, obviously. But at the same time, it feels like there's two groups having success. Well, I guess Svida, they're they're the kids who could be playing college tennis or already did play a year of college tennis early. And then there's like the 16-year-olds. It does feel like this year, perhaps more so than in the past, there are a lot of kids who came back from college to play this event either because they didn't have the chance to do it last year or they just want that wild card. I wonder if that's a trend we may see. I know that's sometimes out of the control. It's a birthday thing. But, I mean, I I guess this is how we can transition transition into Shelton. It's been described this way by other coaches, and I think you watch it. He's been a man amongst boys. Like, you watch his serve, you hear the ball coming off of his racket, and and I'm going to keep beating this dead horse. You're like, is that the five singles Dennis Shapovalov? You're like, this guy (laughs) is unbelievable. Yeah, he's in, he's looked very good. A, a local um, tennis fan stopped me yesterday and said that he had watched his 41-minute uh, de- demolishment um, of yeah. Yeah, I think it was Mert, <laughs> Mert Oral. Oral yeah, 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 of Mert Oral, and said, you know, Mert's a good player. I think he's going to Michigan. He, yeah. He's go- going to be good. And he was just he said he was destroyed. And yeah. he said that this was he told me, and I'm. You know, I probably don't agree with it, but, you know, <laughs> here's another perspective from a, a tennis fan, which we all love to hear, yeah. is that that was the most dominant performance he's seen since Jack Sock was here. And that, to to be quite honest with you, I can't even remember a time when Jack was, like, did a love and love on somebody, but... <laughs> no, the, to me, it reminds me, do you remember the name Tyler Liu? He went to Yale. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, outstanding player. Super, super good. Second round match, he plays Kozlov. Best match I've, like, it, it was incredible. Every point, 10, 15, 20 shots, Kozlov won 0 And you're just like, every point, it's just like, well, yeah, but Kozlov's going to win it. And I think for Shelton against both Mert and some of these other players, it's the weapons. Like, yeah. he has weapons, and you said this yesterday. Has, a, has someone gone from directly winning a 25K to playing this right. event? Like, no, no. Very rarely, if ever. And I'm thinking of the people with experience. Like, yes, Novikov came from college. Sock had won it the year prior. Donald Young had won it the year prior. Those two people were prohibitive favorites. Right. Maybe Shelton should have been our prohibitive. Again, I I, yeah. I blame all of them. I'm really happy about that. Why I, was, I made the entire case, and then I just said Kylie Collins instead of Ben Shelton. I'm like, why didn't I just why did I say it for Ben as well? And so, no, I mean, Ben has been outstanding, and I'm looking here at the draw, I believe now. And as we mentioned, round of 16 matches rained out today. He's going to take on Nicholas Kutzen, uh, a 33 seed here in his round of 16 match. Of course, we're now, what, I want to say 10, 15, 10 minutes into this podcast. We haven't talked about defending champion number one seed Zach Svida, who's just kind of gone about his business, you know, straight set right. wins in all of his matches. And I think there's a degree of consistency, a degree of fitness that just no opponent has come close to pushing him with yet. Right. All the coaches say it. We've talked about it a little bit outside of Shelton. Like I, I, I like Banerjee. I do. I don't know if anyone else outside of Shelton's got a shot at Zach because when I watched it, he's just so solid. Right. Right. Yeah, he doesn't miss. Yeah. Um, he and he returns extremely well, and of course that's one of Ben's you know big big pluses. So I, I think that's going to be 
interesting, but we haven't gotten there yet, so yeah. <laughs> we'll just see. But no, he's Zach's very, very solid. Well, I just feel like no one's been able to hurt him at exactly, all. Exactly, exactly. And and I don't think he's had the toughest draw by any means. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and Michael Zhang is a, is a very good player. So mm-hmm. so hopefully he can he can push him a little bit in in the round of sixteen. There were a lot of coaches on the Zhang Visser match yesterday. Yes, I bet there were. <laughs> yeah, two un, uncommitted, <laughs> uncommitted kids, yeah, and two right. of the younger players in the draw as well. Well, again, if those are your favorites, and if I was taking a straw poll of college coaches, and maybe it's because they happen to know his father, the joke I've made to routine success to these coaches, I'm giving away my playbook here, but I go, oh, are you here recruiting Ben Shelton? Because that's I just like that. I hear he's not having, you know, he doesn't like his coach. I hear it's a tough situation there in Florida. Uh, and then, you know, that always gets the chuckle. But I think, uh, you know, for one of the matches that caught my attention yesterday, I sent out a tweet of it because literally every single coach was lined up. And don't you miss that? Just the rat race? Like, all the coaches kind of be like, let me make eye contact with you first. Talk to me first. Don't don't talk to Stanford just because it's Stanford. Like, come on, come talk to me. But the match, I think, that got everyone's attention, number six in the class of 2022, Ozan Kolak, the number nine seed. He knocked off 17 seed Kyle Kang, who's number two, I want to say, in the class of 2023, 6-3, 6-4. Ozan's a Michigan kid. It's it's funny because he's he's Okomos. Like I I'm keep waiting for the big Okomos crowd. I was here in the Oosterbahn days when he sold out. Oh he sold God. out the stadium. <laughs> right. Like, he and did. Yeah, and he made the most of that crowd. Let me tell you. But yeah. I I keep waiting for that to happen for Ozan. I think he's really really talented. He would be one of my names we haven't discussed. That you know if he makes a semifinal, if he's the guy to come out of that bottom quadrant of the draw that does feel the most open of the quadrants. Oh yeah, that's one to circle. And I mean, he's the what? I think he's the seven seed or eight seed or, or excuse nine. me, nine seed. He's nine. Yeah, hot take, Alex. A nine seed <laughs> makes the semifinals, <laughs> but that's a guy whose performance stood out to me yesterday. Are there any players like that? Ozan may be the person for you who we haven't discussed yet. Who you've been like, oh, they were good. Yeah, I, I all of them. <laughs> I, no, I do think in the bottom half um, that you know that that match between he and Alex uh, Bernard should be good. They they travel together. Then they've they've done all the junior slams. I think they did the whole South America swing this uh, January February. So um, I'm sure there they there are no secrets on that one. So so that should be a good one. Um, and you know, Alex is is our defending 16s champion, and we we always uh, like everybody's always specially interested in yeah. how they do the next year. And of course, he didn't get the next year, so now it's the next year, and um, his only chance at 18. So I I do think um, that should be a very interesting match, eight versus nine. I mean, that's yeah. that that's the one you know they would circle. And I like I think to think Ozan a little more aggressive. I feel like he likes to move forward. In fairness, uh, Bernard did not play well yesterday, and so that was my first experience to you, Alex. Bernard, I apologize if I've typecast you as a grinder, but, like, all he did yesterday was, like, all right, I'm just going to – three hours. Just, like, can I survive for three hours? And he was able to do it in a three-set victory. But I do like the contrast in that matchup, and I think that's a fun one. And Alex's drop shot is uh, Hugo Gaston quality. It actually (laughs) is. (laughs) So um, we always joked about it um, during the 16s two years ago is that that his coach is always trying to not so much, not so soon, you know. But he loves that shot, and I don't think he's ever going to quit with it. But um, Nowadays I just say Brooksby. And I'm just kind of like saying, like, well, he did it, so can I do it? Like, it's right. cool. But, no, I, I agree. I think those are both fun. People know we're in Michigan. 
little Wolverine talk. Bjorn Swenson mm-hmm. has been on the rise, and I know because he played our level one event that right. we hosted, and I think he came in fifth in that event. And look, the serve, the forehand, he's got weapons. Yeah. And he was up a set. He was the one match that had gotten on court today, and I believe he was down a break in the second right. set. But six three four two for uh, yeah, Bjorn was leading. Yeah, and two I, four. Yeah, yes. two four. And I think that I think he's again another dangerous guy, but. To to your point, and I, it was in your quote yesterday. Uh, I forget his name. Who it was? Sebastian. Sebastian beat Martin, who said, "Oh yeah," or I don't remember if his name. Who said, "Oh, I can win this event next year." Right. It feels like this year. I know we're gonna lose Svida, but it does feel like this year's event is a big setup for a lot of drama next year's, which yes. should be wide open. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, though, who knows who the surfaces? You yeah, know, next year, yeah, uh, or even maybe. Has a great well. We we're missing Victor Leloff, you know, the the Wimbledon mm-hmm. finalist who had a slight injury, but but is expected to play in the U.S. Open, which is good news. Um, I also have some good news on that that I will be oh. there covering. Yes, it. yes. So I'm excited. breaking news. That's yes. an exclusive crack racket scoop. We'll take it. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I, I've told a few of my closest friends, but that that was a painful, painful operation to try and get approved to, to be on site because they're they're not credentialing hardly anybody for, uh, press for. Um, on-site coverage, so I'm happy to say that I'm finally um, going to be covering my 17th um, U.S. Open Junior Championships. So, awesome. um, and Victor will. Have, I talked to his coach yesterday, and he, he is planning on playing that. So that that's going to be really, um, really good. And he, you know, he's one that we're missing here that will be well, very well set up for next year. And and as you said, you know, obviously Ben and Zach will, won't be back, um, and Samir is done this year as well but um, most of the other guys will are, are looking you know for that that uh looking forward as well as um playing in the moment mm-hmm. all i heard there was that i'm one of your closest friends and so thank you very much <laughs> i appreciate you you're one of mine as well um but no again I, there are a bunch of names I'm, i haven't seen aiden mayo play keenan's brother i had seen keenan mayo play obviously so looking forward to that opportunity i mentioned i got to see aiden kim play yesterday who's mm-hmm. been one of the top players in his recruiting class since he was like eight since they first put the class of 2024 on tennis recruiting however many years ago and it was I, all of these kids kids i feel like i can call them kids now <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think so. they they do feel some of them do feel a year away like it, it's funny having been at the city open having been at nca name drop thank you you're going to the u.s <laughs> open i don't know if you know i was in dc uh yeah i didn't get the call up yet to new york but um there's there's definitely you see bits and pieces but it does again it just feels like a rebuilding year because having been here in 12 13 14 15 you had pros in the mix and outside of Zach, outside of Ben, I like even Samir. I still think could use a little more seasoning. Right. Like I, I wouldn't put him in the Tiafo category of player entering this Kalamazoo right. event. And so, again, I'm I'm not saying rank the field, but let's rank the field. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say it, it's like an it's the middle tier. It's the middle right. tier. It's like a 50 percentile. Like it, it's a yeah. solid field. Nothing too dramatic, though. We've said it. If Ben wins it, all the, and you know, you get Ben, you get Sam in the U.S. Open. One of them wins around. Let's say it's Ben. Now it becomes a great field, right? And right. so I'm just, I don't know. I guess when you look at this 18 singles event, any any final thoughts? Any names I'm missing? I do love. We have again the backdrop flu. People aren't doing that. They're also like, I traveled all the way here and I haven't played in seven months. I'm gonna play. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. let's get the matches in. That certainly helped. <laughs> right. But any right. final 18 singles thoughts? Uh, no, I I do. Um, 
again, you know, we didn't talk much about Sebastian Sachs' uh, oh, oh. win yesterday. You're or, right. Let's or, do that, please. Yeah. Good call. Um, but he he played very very well, and and it it was very interesting. Um, you can read my my interview with him on Zootennis.com. But how, how they used YouTube, um, and and just the fact that Martin has such a long resume and has you know so so much available on him and of course somebody like Sebastian who you know was a 33 seed and not as well known Mm -hmm. there's you just don't know how how he's going to play or what he's going to do so he has that advantage and he you know he he felt that there were things that he could do you know to to keep Martin off balance and he was able to do it and and to keep your nerve in that situation I I can't tell you how many times I've seen kids in his situation and then at, at that at that five three game, or you know, mm-hmm. they they can't quite finish it, and, and the seed comes out, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, all credit to him for for finishing that off because that that was um, you know obviously one of his best wins. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and it was great. Um, I, I always joke about how I, I love to talk to the Ivy kids. Yeah. They they will they will analyze for you. Yeah, exactly. There they gave you the stats. He's like, I actually, according to tennis abstract, tennis analytics. Excuse me. I'm at yeah. Remember, yeah no, I see you. Don't worry. Um, but no, I, I I guess in terms of the dom, here's a hot take for you, and this will this is a good way of transitioning into some of the other things I'm hearing on the grounds and some things I want your opinion on. I think Zach and Martin might be two of the last – there will be exceptions. But they may be – this may be the last time we have two players in the field who have already signed and turned pro and play mm-hmm. this event. Because with the introduction of NIL, you're it being able to profit off of your image, your likeness, uh-huh. just being able to go to college and perhaps even if you're the best of the best, the outlier, make more money than you do your first two years grinding on the future circuit and just, again, the opportunities that are available through college tennis as a pathway. I don't know why you'd declare pro before coming to this event. I don't know why you'd sign with someone until the absolute last second. And, you know, case in point, watching Martin Dom, and I saw him play in Champagne, and I saw him play here, and it's two, you know, the Champagne loss was six and six, he lost. Here I saw him lose. So bad sample size for me, right, definitely right. biased. But it was, I, it was the same player for me in both matches, and it's just a little bit one dimensional. And I know he's, you know, he's a pretty physical kid, and I know the USDA has his back, certainly, and I can get all of that. But why close that window to yourself? Like, yeah. why? So I just feel like watching Martin play, and I'm not saying he's not talented because you see the size, you see the serve, you see the power tennis he's able to play at his age, and you're like, well, give him five more years of reps, and it's going to be that much better. But why not spend those first two years at college and mm-hmm. put a little money in your pocket, enjoy the college lifestyle? Like, I, I just, I think this might be, like, I, I, I guess, obviously, a little biased here, but I, I don't know why you would close that door to yourself. Yeah, I think the NL. NIL might change things. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I do think the fact that a, a lot of them don't, um, in addition to the fact that they, you know, they have other offers or endorsements, you know, or whatever it is um, from agents, it, it just, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem like they feel like they can practice enough and, you know, they don't get enough dates and mm-hmm. they don't play enough matches. So, you know, it, 
I kind of understand the restrictions, um, you know, that players are playing under. They're like, no, I want to play all I can. I want to practice all I can. And, and college doesn't allow me to do that. So I, I think that's also one of the things that sure. it has, has held back people who are very serious about turning pro early. Um, but, yeah, I think this NIL might make a big difference in that. And, and also just the, the growing realization that um, – it's you just have such a long career now in the pros. Yeah. I mean, you know, Roger's forty now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and still playing. I mean, I know there's not many of him out there, but yeah, obviously the age of the ATP top one hundred is much much older than it used to be, and and you can break through at any time. So I I do think kids that that um, that have any interest at all in the academic or social part of uh, of, of college. Um, who want to set themselves up for a, a career after tennis, um, you know, I definitely think that, that, like you said, don't close that door any earlier than you have to. Mackey making the final in D.C., he was born, I want to say, I mean, I know it was April, I want to say April, I have it here, 16th, 1995, that's six six months, 10 days less than six months before I was born, I've never felt, I was like, oh crap, like he's made an ATP final, what have you done, Alex, <laughs> at this age, but to your point, absolutely, like 26, people were saying, oh, he's a veteran, I was like, Mackey's still young, man, right, like, right. I'm, I'm still young, okay, <laughs> um, and so, no, I, I agree with you like especially if it's just a year or two years and right you know we've floated some other things around let's say they move the individuals to the fall and they say right. hey play a team event uh, team season in the spring you're then eligible to play the individual in the fall if you're telling kids hey you're showing up for january to may and you're getting five months in and it's a good train all these different things options become available and you know to the point about the nil i'm asking all of the coaches i interview here about this um Steve Denton in particular referenced the fact there's the uh, it's the $10,000 rule, right, where you can cover your expenses right. up to $10,000. And why would you keep that rule in place but someone can probably – if they have a different endorsement deal, like they're allowed to keep that, but they can only do the $10,000 in expenses. And he just expects there to be rule changes and say a kid sponsored by Wilson coming into college – Keep your Wilson sponsorship. Like, you don't have to give it up now. And in tennis, that's actually a thing. Much more, you know, a high school football player is wearing the cleats of their school. Right. A tennis player has had the head package since he was 12 years old. And so he gets to keep that. I suppose your thoughts on this NIL ruling, particularly as someone who has been on the college tennis beat, probably invented the college tennis beat. And I say that complimentary, I hope. (laughs) To be clear, again, um, your NIL will have an impact. Where are you with it right now? Yeah, it's just a question of how big it'll be for tennis, I think. Um, and it, it's it's a lot. I You know, I do think it will be confined to the bigger schools and with the bigger donors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the ins and outs are. I know that there are coaches worried about the, the corrupting influence <laughs> of, it, of boosters yeah. or whatever. But I, I do think that... that um, I can see, you know, the standard, yeah, I have a car dealership, you know, can can you just, you know, come on and say, you know, yeah. you can drive this car for the, for the year Absolutely. if you just, you know, say, you know, the number one singles player at, you know, Ohio State, you know, yeah. why not? Absolutely. Um, so, I... I do think I don't think it'll be like a quarterback of a D1 <laughs> football or BC. You know, I don't yeah. think that that they'll 
be approaching the million dollars yeah. <laughs> that the Alabama quarterback is getting. But <laughs> um, I do think that in, in individual cases, it could make a difference. I think – can I speak – I'm going to speak candidly. I say this, again, speaking in reality. An attractive Stanford tennis player could maybe make $100,000. Like, if you have the Instagram following, and I'm saying male or female, right. like, if you, the right school, the right backing, there, I think that's the pathway. There may be one outlier. I agree with you on average, not a chance. But to, if I'm a local club, like, I'm going to use the Sports Club of West Bloomfield, which is where I grew up playing, shout out. Um, why wouldn't you call the Michigan coach and be like, hey, tell all of your players to rotate and cast. I need one of them to show up every Monday for a week. They're going to get a grand each to do this because just by having one of them there every week, all of these kids want to now come to our Monday program. And if I'm a local tennis club, and I know that's a tennis-specific fix, but we're a tennis show, I would do that. And that's legal now. So to get back to why is this relevant to the big picture – the 18-year-old kid who's considering turning pro, and I apologize, you hear some wind in the background. Again, we're on site here. Your first two years on the Futures, traveling to Tunisia, traveling to South America, traveling out for an Asia stretch, you're losing money. Right. If I go spend two years at college and the Brad Dancers of the world and the Tony Breskis of the world who are going to have this figured out can say, hey, you're going to have your travel stipend for your first two years, good to go because I've got you covered. Right. I think that's realistic. The millions of dollars, no. But 50000 in starting money? Like, I think college tennis's ability to offer that, that could be the thing that keeps college tennis relevant moving forward. And I'm curious what you think. I know that's an extreme hypothetical, and right. that's everything breaking right, but I think that pathway's there. Yes, and I think if there is a pathway... I'm I'm confident enough with with the um, creative minds we yes, have. Yes, that's exactly what I was uh, stretching for. Yeah. That they will find a way to do that. Exactly, and they're they've been doing it already, <laughs> and so now that's just legal. Um, and so no, certainly all of that is enjoyable. Last buzz topic I want to ask you because certainly we have a day off. Let's take advantage of that day off. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you know, again, there are brownies waiting for you. I don't want them to sit there too long. Um, this idea of, and I've talked about it with all the coaches, the extra year offered to the athletes who lost 2020 due to uh, COVID removing their season. That means the classes of, I want to say, 2022, uh, 2021, 22, 23, 24 were all influenced that were in college. They all get that extra year of eligibility. And as such, you know, spots are taken up. There's the prevalence of the transfer portal. Everyone in, and their father has been on the transfer portal this off season. I think if you take a straw poll of coaches, it would be 80% say don't grant an extra year of eligibility if we could go back. 20% say nah, still give it to them. And in that 20% would be anyone who won a national championship last year. <laughs> Outside of that, like I do think if they could go back, it's made life really dude Stretching your four and a half on the men's side and even right. on the women's side as well, just finding spots. Right. I think it's made life really bit difficult curious where what you've heard what you think about that yeah i it depends on i think what side of the equation you're on because if you're if you're one of those kids that that desperately wanted to play and did and was redshirting or got didn't get a chance and and were down to three years or two years then i i do think you know their parents are they're just ecstatic that they're getting another chance and and you know i truly understand that but yeah it's got to be much more complicated for for, from the coaching standpoint and 
I, yeah, I, I just, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I supported it at the time, and, and I, I haven't seen anything because I'm not the one that has to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything that, that, that dissuades me that it was a terrible decision, and I don't think they're going to change it now. No so, chance. So, I don't think you can. Yeah, so I, you know, I think that it's something they're going to have to learn to live with, and, and again, the good ones will figure it out. Absolutely, and we see gusts of winds coming here. That's probably God's sign. Hey, wrap it up, yes. Alex. Wrap it up. And so, <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you there. I think all again for the big schools, if you can find six and a half, seven and a half in creative ways, and I know it's a four and a half limit, but you find out you apply to certain schools, you start out with a 50% academic scholarship. And I'm like, oh, you start to see how the financial picture actually works for so many of these different programs. This is another piece complicating that situation, the NIL, the COVID. And so I can understand why a coach who has to, you know, coaches aren't mathematicians by nature. Um, And so now you're saying, hey, do be a little bit more creative with your numbers. They're like, no, no, no. Just shh, you know, just don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, no, but just kidding. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Let's be clear. But no, certainly again, super super exciting. Any San Diego thoughts? That was the last thing I wanted to ask you because I know there's a bunch of action going on over there. And shout out at Parenting Aces Lisa Stone. She's on the San Diego right. beat. We'll get her back on the show at some point as well. Uh, you know me. I like to talk about when I'm right more than anything else. I'm feeling good about Kylie. No <laughs> Katrina. She's out. Katrina's not playing the event. She pulls out due to health issues. By the way, in case you were wondering why the number two seed was not in action, she bothered her foot got a little bit injured uh, while playing the WTA event. So she's being precautionary on the off chance she gets some sort of wild card qualifying or otherwise into the U.S. Open. Montgomery's still in play. Yep, Fanova's still in play. Kylie's still in play. Any changes in your pre-tournament predictions? Well, my prediction that Havdi lost to Rachel Gale so I'm I'm a little like, oh, <laughs> who cares? I'll cut all of this. <laughs> but no, um, it, it looks like the tournament's going well there, and they they've had their share of upsets and and uh, so on. But before we go, I, I do want to talk about the 16s for just a half a second. Perfect, beautiful. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Any, I wanted to open up the topics for you. So I looked at the 16s draw. And the big name that jumps out to anyone, everyone is there is a Godsick. I want to say it's Nicholas Godsick. Yes, I want to say is. he is seated. He is into the round of 16s. And, of course, it was funny. We saw Paul Goldstein here, head coach of Stanford. We were playing a little trivia game. People who have won Kalamazoo three times. Goldstein's one of the people who won 16s, 18s, 18s. Now, Svida, had there been a 2020, would have been – one of the few people who had a chance to win it three times in a row. I told Colette this earlier. If I was good at tennis, I had the birthday to win it three times in a row. I just wasn't good at tennis. Um, but certainly, again, 16s, I think back to Nakashima's win in the 16s. I think back to – I want to say J.J. Wolf made a final, right, at the 16s. I even remember back one of my favorite videos. I thought he was going to be so good. And when he went to Duke, I was like, Duke's about to pop off. Michael Redlicky when he won the 16s. Yeah. And I just remember seeing this gangly kid in the zoo tennis and being like, this guy's going to be good. Because like, <laughs> he can move so well. But 16s matters. With that said, floor is yours. Yeah, it's been all chalk. It's been yeah. really weird. Um, the, the the top four seeds, as far as we know, I know Rose, uh, number one seed Alexander Rosaghi, who won the Easter Bowl, um, is through to the quarterfinals. Um, we did have a have a, a big upset today um, with uh, uh, Mika uh, Bagoon uh, beating Lerner Tian, and Lerner was in the 
uh, finals of the Easter Bowl. So, and he was the number three seed, and and Mika was uh, thirty. So, that I think that um, that one qualifies. I guess that our chalk is is no longer. It. And then Gatsik <laughs> lost today as well. So, Did he? yeah, um, to Nikita Philin. So, I, it, it's uh, um, Lucas Brown, the number four seed, is still around, and. Um, Van Loben sells the number two seed. Uh, he was up like six four four one uh, when they went indoors, and I don't have an update on that score yet. Okay. But um, yeah, it is a big deal, kind of. Um, and and the thing about it is, which we didn't maybe mention when we talked about Aiden Mayo, is that he was in the final two years ago yep. here in the sixteens, and here in Kalamazoo, we remember who makes the finals, and and. That's part of what what having the 16s and 18s together, both divisions at the same time at the same place, allows you to develop relationships with players and to to know them. And so, you know, when when somebody like Paul Goldstein, who, let's be honest, was one of the most popular players that ever played here. Sure. He was, you know, sportsmanship and, you know, everybody loves Paul. Paul. <laughs> Not anymore. We hate you now, but back then you were awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you get, you know, when Stefan yeah. and Francis came of back, course, everybody knew them because absolutely. they'd been here. We said it earlier, Oosterbahn, when you're a Michigan kid, they love, Kalamazoo shows you love. If you right. deliver a performance, they will remember you. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we had it, that actually was a great 16s match two years ago with with Alex beating Aiden. So yeah. I do think that um, it, it's important to, to make sure that that we talk about and mention the 16s. That I'm very proud of Kalamazoo for being um, the, one of the tournaments that doesn't just sort of shunter the 16s off in the corners like you don't matter because it, I really except for the fact that they play first on Sunday <laughs> and they do play indoors yeah. okay when it rains we put them indoors that's yeah. not we already right. had that argument off Mike yes. <laughs> that that that's different but there's not a U.S. Open wild card yeah. on the line so so and we always have bad weather yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so um but, I, yeah, I, I do think that the 16s are held in just as much esteem, almost, as the 18 winners here and, and finalists here. So I, I do think that continuity over a four-year four year, – some, some players play here five years. Um, I, I think that that's part of what makes Kalamazoo special. I want to say 2011, Ronnie beat Luca Corintelli, Ronnie Schneider. Right. I want to say that was that final – I can remember a 16s boys nationals result. Yeah, I, I, it speaks to again the importance. Like, I remember it, and so I think then Luca goes on. Do you want my Gage Brimer takes? How much time do you have right now? How 17 year old Gage Brimer is like, yep, he is going to be a pro. Like 100 percent sure. Like watching him destroy Luca in that Easter Bowl final. I want to say they played 2013. Right. I was like, and then he tore his ACL. That's a story for another time. But uh, no, I, I the 16s matters, and again. The opportunity to go to New York to compete, U.S. Open Junior yes. Wild Card, be on the grounds and just see all of these – eventually, especially if you're an American, oh, Nadal texted me and he wanted to hit in the second week of the tournament because right. I'm here. And you get those sorts of opportunities. Right. So I completely agree with you. The 16 matters. I will say Cooper Westendike uh, and Alexander Aney, who are the 5 and 21 seeds respectively, both cracked rackets. I want to say – I want to say they played in the – B draw final of our ITA event this summer. Okay, thanks. So I'm not biased, but I'm pretty sure those two are going to win. Like both of them. Not just one. They're both going to win the singles. Uh, those would be my picks. And then 
I've heard a lot of Lucas Brown talk. I, I, a lot of people are fans of the mm-hmm. number four seed. A lot of big fans there. And all those kids, let's be honest, the coaches aren't here to recruit the 18s. They know what that – those right. kids have committed. They're here to com- uh, recruit the 16s. Right. I remember seeing a 16-year-old Brandon Holter. I think he was like 14 at the time and being like, that kid's going to be good. <laughs> I was like, he really needs to hit puberty. That kid's going to be good. Um, no, again, I, I think the 16s is fun. Nothing too noticeable in doubles either. Like if if I was to say what I'm more sure of, I am more sure Shelton's going to win the doubles than I am of I think anything else in in here yeah. in Kalamazoo. Just because that's where the power and the year of college really manifests right. itself. Right, I I do think that. Um, but I, it's no ad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Wait, you don't like no ad? <laughs> Let's just say it's a little more random. <laughs> it's a little more random. But, hey, um, yeah, I, I, obviously he and Bruno are, are going to be, you know, very, very difficult to beat going forward. But, you know, it happens. I once – I didn't even say you guys won because of this. I said, oh, yeah, Ty. So well, I was like, isn't your national indoor the first title they won? Wasn't that the year they played the Breakers at 5-all? And he goes – Look at a Wolverine putting an asterisk on my title. And I was like, I, no, I was just asking. <laughs> Wasn't that the really weird year? Um, and, yeah, I, I, especially for the doubles final. Like, what are we doing? Come on. Th- those are the little fixes. Those are like the everyone's happy in those things. I get it when it's 90 degrees out and it's the last match of the day. And I think even the kids are like, that's fine in the round of 16 Right. Quarterfinals, even, but semis, finals, when the stakes get a little bit higher. Yeah, it needs to be three best of three sets yes. and, and regular scoring. Would you do a pro set if it was ad scoring in the in, before the quarterfinals? Pro set ad scoring just to kind of felt. Yeah, I now I, I prefer I I do prefer two out of three at least two, two out of three to and then the match tiebreaker. Tie yeah. yeah, that that's my more than no ad. I, yeah. In order to shorten things, I prefer the match tiebreaker to, to end matches quicker. I so. heard they were considering fast four today for the 18s <laughs> just to try and sneak them in before the rain. And it was like, that. let's do it. Um, it's the dry run for the U.S. Open. But no, with all of that said, daily recaps, zootennis.com. You can find them all at tennisrecruiting.net. It is the center fold, of course, as well. Am I missing anything, Colette? You hearing out any other juicy rumors out there on the grounds? I mean, it is nice to have all these coaches again, certainly. Yes, it is. It's fun. But no, I don't think so. But I encourage people to come out if you're anywhere in Michigan. And, and you know, it's you can now buy a ticket and um, you will be able to watch tennis, which you have not been able to do much Um so, yeah, just come out, and the weekend weather is looking fantastic, which is great news since we've had a rather difficult stretch yeah. <laughs> up till now. So um, I, I think we're going to have good crowds, and um, you're going to see some great tennis. So definitely, if you're within driving distance, which I consider you to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would not make that commute myself. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. After doing eight and a half from D.C., Uh I like a phone call in and I'm like, oh, I'm here already. It's fine. (laughs) It's like that was nothing. (laughs) It's like this is – it's so – it's perspective as always. And then we're going to Pennsylvania for the lotto event. I asked West off today because we're driving, of course. And I was like, how far is it? And he was like, eight and a half. I was like, (laughs) pfft. 
<laughs> Anything short of double digits, I'm good to go, of course. But uh, no, with that in mind, Cled, thank you so much, as always, for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you for helping me maneuver the grounds. Again, it always helps to know royalty when you're somewhere. And I feel like I, I mean, there's only one zoo tennis, and that's right. Colette Lewis. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I'm sure we'll chat with you more this week. Well, thanks for coming. We're really excited to have you here. Oh, of course, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Colette Lewis.